Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, starting in verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. Verse 23, key verse. He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Verse 25, then they said to him, who are you? Gospel of John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus speaking to Pilate answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus is communicating to the Jews and to Pilate that he's not of this world, neither is his kingdom of this world at this time. He's saying, where I go, you cannot come. Jesus was speaking of going back to the Father, back to his heavenly kingdom where he came from. My kingdom is not of this world. You will seek me and you will die in your sins. In other words, without believing in Jesus as Messiah, there is no remission of their sins. Sins will not and cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Without the sin-cleansing blood of Christ through his finished work on his cross, he was a perfect sacrifice. He was well-pleasing to his Father in heaven. Well, they needed to believe. They needed believing faith, the Jews as well as Pilate. Luke chapter 3, verse 2, Ananias and Caiaphas being high priests, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. Over to the gospel of John chapter 1, verse 19. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent spies and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Verse 20, he confessed and did not deny, but I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? What's interesting is that's the same question the Jews asked Jesus. We read earlier, who are you? Unfortunately, back in those days, the priesthood was corrupt. It was a family-run dynasty, no longer a spiritual house. Jesus was telling them through the parable of the wicked vine dresser that the kingdom will be taken from them and given to another due to their unfaithfulness to God's words and commandments. Jesus told them in Matthew chapter 21, verse 40, Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease the vineyard to other vine dressers who will render or give to him the fruit in their seasons. This story sounds very similar to what the prophet Samuel said to Saul concerning his kingship, which was going to be given to David. We can find that in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. 
the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Well, this is really serious stuff. Jesus wasn't just telling nice stories to entertain the crowd. He was the voice of another. He was the voice of his father. He loves us and he loved them enough to tell them how things will be. They could go well for you or they could go bad. And in this case, it wasn't good. See, to him more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, does not have what? Does not have kept the commandment of the Lord or has not given him the fruits of the vineyard in their season. So therefore, even what he has will be taken away from him, and it will be given to another. Quoting Job, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, in this story, it was being taken away because of their unfaithfulness. I believe in Job's day, God wanted to reveal himself to Job in a deeper way, and he allowed him to go through that trial. But in this case, they were unfaithful to the word of the Lord. They were unfaithful to his commandments. So the people were going up to the temple. They needed to hear the voice of the Lord. They needed to hear the word of God. But they were just putting heaps and burdens on the people, rules and regulations, tithing regulations, washings, different dietary restrictions. It was all works, and the people were crying out. But there was a voice. This voice was being heard, but it wasn't being heard in the temple. See, Annas and Caiaphas, they were the high priests. But if you search the scriptures, John the Baptist's parents, his mother and father, were both from the Aaronic line of the priesthood. By all rights, he should have been the high priest, but it was a corrupt priesthood. And John was put out. But the Lord does not have to work through the earthly structures. He still will work through his order. And his order at that time was through John the Baptist. And he began to speak. But if you wanted to hear what the Lord was saying, you had to go out away from your current experience, from the comfort zones of, of your lifestyle. The wilderness is an uncomfortable place. Luke chapter 16 verse 15. Jesus said to them, You are of those who justify yourself before men, but God knows your heart. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Seeking man's approval is not a good plan for ministry. If you want to impress God, it's actually an abomination in his sight if you're seeking the approval of men. God is looking for those who are seeking the approval of God. The challenge to us is today is that God works through people. God works through men. And God opens doors, but men open doors also. So when doors are open to us for function and ministry, we need to make sure that God will use men to open a door for the Lord. But sometimes it's just man opening a door. If we walk through man's door, we end up in man's world. We end up on the earthly plane. See, Jesus is not of this world. He's not of this earthly order, this earthly kingdom. He's from above. He's not working through Annas and Caiaphas, even though they may prophesy rightly as they did concerning the death of the Lord for the nation. Yet the word preparing the way for his son to come on the scene, well, that's been given to John. The doors you and I walk through we need to make sure they're effectual doors of the Lord. God uses men to open doors. He uses his church, his people. But we need to use great wisdom, discernment, and insight to know that these open doors are from above. The Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 41, Jesus speaking, I do not receive honor from men, but I know you 
that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe you who receive honor one from another, and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Well, this is a challenge to us because Jesus is coming in his Father's name, and they're asking him, who are you? John's coming in Father God's name as well, and they're asking him, who are you? And what the Lord's pointing out is that if you're not in the Spirit with the Lord, discerning the voices that are on the earth, someone will come in his own name and him you will receive. Why? Because you're seeking honor one from another. You're seeking man's approval. You want man's esteem, man's acceptance. Man will open a door for you, but it may not be the door of the Lord. It could be a door just onto the earthly plane of the strength and activity of men. Jesus is not of this earth, he said. I am from above. John 3.12, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So this is about believing. This is about believing faith. See, how can you believe you who receive honor one from another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Verse 40 of John chapter 5, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Verse 26, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, when we read this, we immediately will think, well, the sheep are Christians. They're his people. But the challenge is, is the Lord saying something deeper than that? See, Israel, they were his people, but they weren't hearing his voice. They were saying, who are you? See, he came in his father's name, and they're like, well, who are you? Somebody's coming in his own name, and him you will receive. Why? Because you're hearing the voice of the earth, the earthly voice, but the heavenly voice you're not hearing. Why? See, Jesus said his sheep hear or know his voice because they follow him. They follow the good shepherd. That's how he knows them, not because they believe that he is the Christ or the Messiah. See, that's important. So we believe, we have salvation, we get saved. But we have to go further than that. He says, they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, you are my disciples if you abide in my word. Abiding in his word is essentially following him, following his word, right? And you shall know the truth, and the truth, my voice, right, shall make you free. Will make you free from what? Free from following the earthly pattern of things, the earthly religious order that the people back in the day of of the Jews were just following tradition of men. We can run into the same thing today, following church tradition and the guidelines and structures of our denomination. And this is just the way things are. See, but when you know his voice and you're following him, heaven opens because he's from above and he pours and rains down revelation into your spirit, man. You begin to know his voice. He quickens the word. He opens your understanding and it makes you free from all the pitfalls and traps and and apparent open doors that are not from above. They're from, from below. They're man manipulating and moving people around on the earth. See, God does not want us to be part of that order. He has a spiritual house, a spiritual church.
When I think back of the first temple and when Solomon dedicated it, the presence of God was so strong that no one could stand. He honored the house. It was a house of prayer. It was a beautiful place. But the end of that, unfortunately, the Babylonians had to tear it down. Why? Because again, it became corrupt. They were unfaithful to the commandments of the Lord. So they built the second temple. God honored that. The presence of the Lord came. And even even after the Lord came and he cried out to them and was exhorting them to change and turn and believe upon him, they rejected him. And what happened to the second temple? Well, that too was destroyed by the Romans. So now we're in the church age and we have a spiritual church and we have an earthly church. So we need to make sure which church are we part of. In Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 10, talking about the wise and foolish virgins. And while the foolish went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Well, that's a very sobering exhortation to all of us that those who were ready went in and this door was shut. Luke chapter 13, verse 22, speaking of the narrow way, and Jesus went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say, you will seek to enter and not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up, and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Well, it's very similar to the story we read about the foolish virgins. See, the door was shut. Luke 25, when the master of the house is risen up, he shuts the door. So these virgins came, and they, they were banging on the door, banging on the door saying, Lord, let us in. Well, they weren't ready. And those that didn't enter through the narrow gate, they weren't ready also. Continuing in Luke 13, verse 26, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets or our churches today. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Well, what's really scary is, I do not know you. Where are you from? See, God's turned the tables. The Jews are saying, who are you? And the Lord is saying, you know, where are you from? Who are you? I don't know you. Well, we know that the Lord knows all things. He knows everybody. So what's the Lord pointing out? He's pointing out that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to remain in a ready position. You have to live your life through the narrow place, through the narrow gate. See, the Lord, he's narrow. He's not broad. His way is not broad way. His way is the narrow way. Unfortunately, many are those who take the broad way, but few are those who enter the narrow gate. The last thing you or I want to hear is, I don't know you, where are you from? The question I'm asking today is, would we rather be his voice in the wilderness or a man-pleasing voice in the earthly church. If you want to carry his voice, we first have to go into the wilderness. We have to squeeze through the narrow way. We have to be wise. We can't be foolish. 
We have to build our house on the rock and not the sand. When I heard that word sand, I was thinking sand is really, it's like man. Man is like sand. If you build your life on man, on the approval, the acceptance of man, an earthly work of man, it's like sand. But we need to build our house on the rock, which is Christ, his commandments, his word. So that instead of hearing, I don't know you, where are you from? We hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom. The apostle Paul writing to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 17, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us as a pattern. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, are things of the earth. See, Jesus said to the Jews, you are from below, I am from above. You are of the world, I am not of the world. You are of the earth. You are from below or earthly. He's heavenly. That has to be our state and position that we're seeking the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of heaven, not the rule and reign of man on the earth. Man has taken over the church, just like man took over the first temple in Solomon's day, which had to be wiped out. The second temple, man took that over, and Jesus finally said, we're coming and we're going to take it from you and give it to another who will be faithful. See, to be a voice like John, it can only be one voice. God doesn't want to share the stage with another voice. We can either hear our voice or we can hear his voice. For his voice to come through, our voice has to be silenced. In other words, we have to fall into the ground and get out of the way so that he can come forth and that his voice can begin to speak through us to those who are seeking after God and need to hear from heaven. They may not have the capacity to hear, but God say he wants to create and develop that capacity for us to hear his voice. See, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Why? Because they follow me. Paul is warning these saints in, in Philippians that there are those who are an enemy of this walk, See, there are many of whom I told you, they're enemies. They're enemies of the cross. They're saying, you don't have to die. Well, that's happening today. People are saying, you know, you can get saved and all your past sins and all your future sins, everything's washed away. If anybody puts any requirements on you, it's works. It's not of God. They're enemies of the cross. Jesus said, if you love me, then take up your cross daily and follow me. These were enemies. Their God was their belly, which was their appetites, their carnal earthly appetites. Their glory was in their shame. Well, that's the glory is in men. It's in the things of this earth. They're setting their mind on earthly things. But God's saying, are you willing to become a voice for me? But you have to go into the wilderness. And the wilderness, in a sense, can be a spiritual birthing place. Mark 1.12, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, speaking of Jesus, Matthew 4.1. And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Well, why the wilderness? Well, it's a place of testing. Jesus was carrying the voice of God to his nation, and Satan's there to tempt him, to stop him, to shut him down. Why? Satan hates the voice of God. God said to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. 
So God led the people around by way of the wilderness, Exodus 13, 18. And the children of Israel said to Moses and Aaron, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. And many times when I set my heart on pilgrimage to pursue and seek after God, there's always a group there that's saying, oh, don't go out there. You're going to die. The wilderness is a place where if you stay here, you can stay by the pots of meat and you can eat. If you go out there, you're going to die of hunger. In verse 4 of Exodus 16, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. See, that's where the bread of heaven comes down. Jesus got the bread of heaven. John the Baptist got the bread of heaven. Those that came out to hear the message from John, they were receiving the rain, the bread from heaven, the spiritual substance that they needed to turn from their sinful life and repent and prepare for the coming of the Lord. Matthew 15, verse 29, Jesus went up on the mountain and sat down. Well, in the mountain, that's a place, that's a wilderness place. And Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then the disciples said to him, where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill or feed such a great multitude? Behold, I will rain bread from heaven in the wilderness. And we know in this story, what did he do? He rained bread from heaven. He took what few fish and loaves they had, and he offered them up to heaven, and God multiplied them. That's the place of miracles. That's the place of provision. That's the place of substance from above. John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus speaking to Pilate. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Well, the good news is we have the end of the story in Revelation eleven fifteen. See, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So knowing the earth will soon become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, let us be like John the Baptist, who was willing to leave the comforts of Jerusalem and go out to the wilderness. And Jesus also, who was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And Moses, who was also led of the Lord into the wilderness. We read in Exodus 33, 7. And Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass, that everyone who sought the Lord or sought the voice of the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp, to meet with the Lord. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.